My boobs may be a B cup, but my opinions are overflowing. <laughs> Pots I may stir, but drinks I throw. Oh, you guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode, I think, truly 358. And I'm so excited, first off, for an in-person recording. My guest knows as a podcaster and as an OG of the AG how important the energy, the flow, the conversation can be when it's in person. So I'm so happy and thrilled that he made the schlep. And I know that we have things to discuss. You know him as writer, producer, co-host of the podcast. You might know her from an OG of the AG, Damien Bellino. You guys, it's Andy's Girls and it's the OGs once again. Damien, how are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here and so happy to chat about um, all of the things. I feel like this is long overdue. Well, we just had a little pre-show where we were shooting the shit for a solid eight hours on the People's People's Couch about Love is Blind, which we are both struggling through. You haven't seen the new episodes. I have. And let me tell you, they're bad. Yeah. um, I couldn't stop watching the other night. I started and then I was like, I guess I'm just going to finish every episode that's available. Um, So, yeah, I have not finished. I have not seen who walks down that aisle and who, if any, say I do. But boy, it's just I was as I was saying, it's like such a struggle that I like people the game show of it all like they talk Mm. through a pod they find each other is love blind cool but then this (laughs) other element of like okay now we're gonna like introduce you to the other people that you had chemistry with you thought maybe you would end up with and also we're gonna like let you all get like knocked down drunk it's just Mm. one of i feel like the i don't know like pillars of being in a relationship with somebody is like, don't make me look stupid. And I feel like that is antithetical to being on reality mm. TV. But it's just the idea of choosing someone and saying, I th- I love you and I want to marry you. And that might be, like, amped up to say, I love you or I think I love you and I think I might want to marry you for this show. Um, but then you get drunk and you're like, so, like, Sarah's a 10. I can't believe I chose. And it's like, you're saying it on camera. And if you end up marrying this woman, she's going to see that. And, of course, they're going to use it. It's just really hard to watch the way – I would say mostly the men. The women are, you know, women are also annoying. But the men – the way the men talk about, like, sex appeal and mm. attractive level. And it's just, like, the way they share with each other about – like, and, like, I'm, like, love SK not talking about sex. But also, like, they're not having it. So it's, like – that gives me pause about their relationship also, like, mm-hmm. if there is a physical connection. Anyway, um, I could go on and on and on about Love is Blind, but, uh, yeah, don't make me look stupid. I mean, the way that some of, especially the guys in the relationship, are like, man, they look at their fiancé and they're like, God, I wish I wanted to fuck you. Like, they say that out loud, like... God, if only I was more sexually attracted to you. How do we get back to the pod? That time in real time, like literally a week and a half ago when you didn't see that person. Why Why can't we have that connection when I thought you were hotter than you actually are? It's gross. I also, yeah, I don't know. In a lot of my own internal work that I've been doing, hmm. it's just interesting. Like you went on this show because you wanted to be in a relationship theoretically. Now I know that it's like a reality show and these people at this point know that the show is successful and has a big platform and is, you know, people talk about it like you and me, but it just feels like you'll never get back to that sort of like pureness of season one where people didn't know if it was going to get 
where it was going to air probably if it would air if it would get buried in netflix's million of awful like cheap ass movies like now they know it's like a thing that's a priority for the network but or whatever it's called a platform but yeah it's just like you it's like if the idea is to go get find your partner like yeah you want to have sex with your partner but there are other things that matter as well Mm -hmm. and the idea that like they all just get drunk and they're like i i just also like your aunt choosing to be on camera just go to your hotel room and go to sleep eat a french fry and go to sleep like you don't need like if they try to talk to you have the respect for like some of these people seem to where you're just like don't answer the questions so awfully (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like it's always been a little bit of a cringe watch but at least the first two seasons felt super watchable like the first season i think some of us were very invested the second season we were like "Ooh, kooky characters and now it's like oh my god this is tough yeah yeah it's just not i think they already like they filmed two and three i think back to back oof and so i'm probably four i think four and five i think four and five already were greenlit and i probably have been filmed or filming now i can't recommend to anybody who's like interested in watching but i do have to say i was up until 3 30 in the morning watching i finished love is blind which of course i like story about on ig as i'm watching as a way to get me to continue watching um you know what show i watched all four episodes i was literally up until 3 30 in the morning watching inside man Mm. this new four episode limited series on netflix with stanley tucci and a bunch of other incredible people about a guy on death row who solves crimes and it is so good david tennant who anybody who's into like anything british my god it's really it's enjoyable it's not like top tier yada yada but it's like genuinely really interesting and enjoyable is it a four episode series or is it like it's there's only four episodes so far four episode series and i don't think that they're going to do a second season because i was googling it after because if you do prestige limited for me i am that asshole that's like i need more i don't care if it's not good yeah i hate when the creators care when they're like oh i like, like i like it i, I mean, don't want them to care i, hate, I want I hate, them to give me bad stuff i can complain about but i, I hate more it content. Of big little lies which is like the first example Ugh. i can think of it was just so bad i was thinking about big little lies in my head are they doing a season three of big little lies i hope not the season two was not good it was legitimately awful i felt bad for meryl a little bit she's fine she didn't have to say yes <laughs> i like that we're just talking about tv um <laughs> wait well i haven't been here yeah to talk about I've been here, I think, since Beverly Hills has aired, but I don't think I've been here since the Aspen stuff happened. Can we just, like, dip our toe in Beverly Hills Please. before we get to the current Yeah, your life? show. Your show. <laughs> I just... How do you feel... Terrible. After oh. this, like, the Great. reunions air? Like, do, reunion air. Do you feel like the season has tied things up for you? Do you, do you want... The season to pick up where these conflicts have left off. I heard that they may be taking a longer break than typical. Like, mm-hmm. I think that there was rumors that they were getting ready to start filming right away. Mm-hmm. And then I've heard, I think Crystal said it in an interview I, I listened to, um, where she said that they were probably going to take a few months off. And that, like, I also saw this on Bravo and Cocktails, that blind item Instagram account, where they were saying that, that like, they might not start back filming until January, which is, like, longer. Like, normally they would start filming, like, right. in November and, like, film through. And I was like, oh... That's interesting because I do think that that, like, lets the women live – gives them a break, but also, like, lets some of this, like, where will Kathy and Kyle be 
if Kathy comes back, or even if she does, and Kyle, I assume, will be back. So, like, where what will the dynamics of their relationship be if they, like, go through the holidays, repair things, Farrah's planning a wedding? Like, that changes it, opposed to them filming in November and forcing them to mm. address the, like, the Rinna and the the show conflict mm-hmm. in uh, on camera, opposed to, like, them getting to see each other as sisters and as family members and then coming back. And, like, also, what does it mean for every, all the other women, like – does Rena, if she comes back, like, is everyone, like, still holding, uh, I don't know, a grudge is the right word, but just, like, are we still picking up from where she left off at the reunion in terms of, like, I'm coming for Kathy and coming for the truth, or is it, like, three months have passed and some of them have checked in with her, some of them haven't, and, like, dynamics have changed a little bit, you know? Well, I would love. I for, I feel like Farrah said she wanted to get married in the spring, but that could be completely wrong. I oh. would love, and that could I be wonder completely if that's intentional. wrong. I don't think it has anything to do with production, or anything. But I would. I, I don't think she made her decision because of like the. I think no, but I wonder want, if production was like, let's yeah. give it a little bit of a breath so we can get Farrah's wedding as part of the season. I would love for Farrah's wedding to be the season finale, a la LVP's kid. Like I would really be into the season ending with Farrah's wedding. I just think that there's something like very lovely about that because I think regardless of how people are doing at the tail end of next season i i just think that's like a nice way to tie up the season and you know also, like i love a wedding even if it's like a i, a I mean wedding. i feel like fair is like the least of kyle's daughters it's like a character but yeah she's like like portia is like the biggest character oh i don't get i get the other character sh- meaning like a presence on the yeah, show not, as like not a, as in like a caricature but like no, a, no, 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 no. like literally like as a like Por- you see portia the is the biggest one like we've seen yeah. her and like she's like been present because she's a, been a, younger yes yeah. um yeah i don't know it'd be interesting i feel like we know Kyle and Garcelle will be back, and I assume Sutton. I feel like everybody – and Erica. I, but I feel like everybody else, I'm sort of like, what? Like, I have a thoughts about who I want – I don't know if I have thoughts about people that I want to be fired. I just have thoughts about, like, what – I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine what the future of Beverly Hills will be like because I feel – so deeply that I just need to understand if Rena is coming back because it's hard for me to imagine production taking a break so that people can kind of like let the air out of the room in a in a healthy productive way so that it's not just a continuation and feeling like really stale if they picked up right now which I think is a genuine legitimate concern but Rena won't let the mouse go and that is exhausting it's it's hard to care about the reunion when Rinna so clearly says, I've moved on, yada, yada, and people take her at her word and she triples down on social and says and does things that are incredibly inappropriate, I would argue worse than what, uh, you know, than Kathy, like, stand, stepping on her glasses. You know, like, the way that Rinna has behaved is, to me, vile. And I just, I, I would like to know for peace of mind whether or not she's returning just just so I know. I just want to know. Can I give you my hot, like my, not, not hot takes hot necessarily, take. but just like my like boom, boom, boom about Beverly Hills and then I'm happy to put it to bed if you'd like. Um, well, one is I feel con- like conflicted about the idea of Rinna being fired because she's like a, a, a pest to all of us on like social media. Because one, I try my best to like be disconnected from conflict that only exists on like social like on Instagram or Twitter you know it's like it's one thing if like I love reading like gossip about what's happening while people are filming but I like find like people calling out production or calling out out each other unless it's like all in like good fun and like shade or whatever I find it annoying because it's just like as Garcelle said like it just takes away from the show it's like it undermines the show and 
these women, especially Lisa Rinna, know that they're on a show that's like getting edited, that there isn't a, like not an agenda, but like there's, they are trying to tell a story. So things will get streamlined. So I feel like Rinna is continuing to undermine the show. And for me, and I don't want to say my mental health, I feel like that's a little like precious, but for my like enjoyment of the show, I need to like detach from that. So I feel conflicted about like firing her for that behavior, though I feel like they should say to her, stop it. Because I feel like we, we as in the royal we, as in people who watch these shows obsessively, like people were sick of, I think, me at least, of Tamara and Vicky. And then they fired them. And then I think OC really suffered because it lost like the history that those women brought to the show, the relationship that they had with each other, but the relationship that they also had with like Shannon and to, I guess, a lesser extent, some of the other women, like, I don't know who else, Kelly, and then I guess other people that were all kind of newish. So I worry that, like, firing Rinna, who is sort of one of our, I don't want to say, like, one of our greatest villains, but, I don't know, one of the better villains that Housewives have seen up there with, like, you know, Ramona and Kenya Moore, that, like, losing her, it's like, what are we coming back to? It's like, is Erica going to, you know, like, fully embrace her being a villain alone? Or is Erica going to start getting a redemption and then we're going to get to see, like, Sutton or Garcelle in a position where they're pot stirring or they're calling things out is positioned in a different way. Like that's what happens as Erica said in her confessional, like the buck always moves to somebody else. So like, I don't know, I kind of like not mad at Rinna coming back and continuing to push story and be the way she's always been because when she's an asset, she's an asset. It's just not fun watching someone and I'm almost done. I promise it's not fun (laughs) watching someone like, She's doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down. So much of it is on social media. And also, none of it was on camera. And I just have a hard time thinking that, like, if Erica called the DJ an old fag, that Rinna and Erica, Rinna and Dorit would be dragging her, like, through the mud as in as if they are, you know, stand with the LGBTQ community. It's because that they have a vested interest in taking down this woman who is making probably great money, maybe comparable to what they're making as a friend of, who doesn't need the money, who doesn't really need the fame the same way. And like, they don't care that, like maybe they, maybe they care that she said it, but again, they would never have that vested interest in anybody else if it was one of their friends. Like, you know, like they moved Erica out of a scene to not mm-hmm. damage her brand anymore, mm-hmm. but are happy to like continue to bring something up that none of, if, if we saw care, Kat, Kathy, have a terrible meltdown, cuss Kyle out, call the DJ an old fag, and then stomp on her and break her glasses and say everyone else should be fired. Yeah, that would make me feel really differently about what we're seeing. But having people harp on something that we haven't seen at all is just like, I don't know, girl, it was good for one episode, but like now I'm bored with it. And also stop acting like Kathy talking about NBC Universal. Like, I don't give a it's fuck. It's so shocking. Like, also, yeah, girl, like, we all t- complain about our jobs because, like, we're in the cough with a water cooler. Like, fuck off. Rinna acting like she's a pillar of, like, ethics by standing up for the LGBT community and standing up for NBC Universal is a crock. You know, like, she's undermining Shed or whoever produces it or Evolution and NBC Universal by implying that their producers are hiring bots to make racist attacks. So, like, spare me. Well, I feel like that's the difference, though, between pushing story and just kind of pushing story forward. I don't think that Rinna is pushing story forward, and I think that's what's yeah, necessary. Yeah, that's a really and salient point. She's just, she is literally beating a dead horse right now. And it's just, she's never, I don't think she has the capacity to move on because I am taking her at her word that she is completely out of control, upset. Like, at a certain point, this is genuinely to me hashtag systematic bullying on social she is 
<laughs> behaving in a way that is unacceptable. I genuinely think so. And it's weird to me that no one has said anything to her. It's it's genuinely odd to me. And I, I mean, she's just kind of living in this space and is constantly getting headlines and attentions because she sinks lower and lower and lower. But I don't know that she can get herself out of this. I think she is genuinely obsessed and I, I don't I don't know how the idea of bringing her back is going to move the story forward. I think she's going to sit in this or gloat throughout the season if Kathy's not back because she is like, how is that entertaining or interesting? And I I don't know. I feel like I would like the only reason that I would like to see Rena back potentially is to see Kyle drag her. But we saw during the reunion and during the season, Kyle's not going to do that. She's going to choose Rinna over Kathy, she's going to pretend that there's this neutrality. She's going to pretend she can be Switzerland. And that just isn't a possibility. It does, it's not productive for anyone. Again, it doesn't move anything forward. If she was interested in truly saying to Rinna, what you have said about my sisters in the past is unacceptable. I'm not going to be your friend anymore. And we see that. But it's never going to happen. So what? how do you move story forward with the majority being these people who are digging in their heels. I just don't see it happening, which isn't a good answer because it's like, what's the, you know, what's the, what is another option here? But I keep thinking about Salt Lake City and the fact that a lot of people, myself included, were like, well, I guess this is the end. If Jen is, you know, schlepping off to camp for a little bit for a season, for a summer or two, how is that going? How will some how will Salt Lake City survive without Jen even prior to the news of her? Do you think any of that was intentional? What? The dynamics in the group changing because they knew that Jen's time was up, was coming up possibly. I don't I think there is an element here that is subconscious where these women understand that Jen is guilty. I think Oh, if, of course. And I think the positioning that in their head, there could be a shift as far as like she is important to the storyline because of what she's going through, but she's not going to be here much longer. So I care a little bit less or I, I don't take her at her word because her word means nothing. And I think that has pushed forward other storylines. I think that this is like this is a theory that has based on nothing other than an observation. And I might eat my words in a few episodes. Can't wait. I think that there was an intentional decision internally when she went guilty to minimize her edit in group dynamics. Because I think it is interesting, like we're getting story about her and her case, but not like a ton. Not a ton. And then in the dynamics between the other four women, I know that like on social media, I keep saying social media like I'm 70, but like on Twitter and Instagram, she has like, we've known that she's sort of aligned with Heather and, and Meredith. But on this show, what we're really seeing is Heather versus Whitney and Lisa versus Meredith, we're not seeing where Jen falls into that dynamic. And I think they went through and just like, we're like, we have to like lighten the Jen. Like we don't mm. need her in like cut her scenes out where she's talking about the interpersonal drama unless it's necessary to move forward that story. Just minimize her because we need to wrap her up because we know that she's a, like her court case point. is a presence, but we don't need her like opinions like if there's a potential to use one of the Angie's, I don't know, Ugh. like rather use them because we don't need to invest in Jen's POV when it comes to the dynamics with the other women. But I do think that those dynamics feel, I, 
with the with the brunettes, I feel like it feels. <laughs> I don't entirely feel like it feels performative. I feel like it feels strategic, certainly on Meredith's part, but I think on both. But the blondes, it feels really <laughs> performative. Like I'm so. And I feel like even I saw people talking about how like Win- Whitney's like the most hated character, and I was like, what? I was like, what? To me, she is not. I don't know. I find myself aligning with her in some of these situations. And Heather, who I think has always been a tougher, like, su- su- like housewife to sell to me because I think she, like, has always sort of been like, guys, I'm the voice of the audience. Mm-hmm. And in particular now, I think she's really, like, digging her heels into being not, like, righteous or pious. Like, pious, like, an ethic. Like, I, like, I am correct. And I feel like she's always been like that. And the audience in majority has been on her side. And maybe they still are. But I feel like it feels really, like, this particular week's episode with the, the fucking fake choir is so stupid and so, like, fake. And yeah. then the ways in which, like, there's this argument about her dad's obituary. And, like, I kind Oof. of think they're both clowns. Like, like. Like, Lisa Barlow trying to prove that she's a good friend by tweeting out text messages about the death of someone's dad and, like, his obituary and, like, being like, you you were lying is clown behavior and, like, weapon – what we'll say weaponized drink. Ooh. Like, weaponizing literally someone's death. But I also think that Heather being like, she said, I hope your dad's feeling better when he was in hospice. And I'm like, okay, girl, this is, like, your frenemy coworker. You are also – as Kathy would say, you're being a martyr here to make Lisa look bad because, like, she wished you – she was, like, wishing, thinking of you and your family while they were going through a difficult time and, like, maybe didn't know the specificity of, like, where he was. But she, like – Right. So, like, the idea that this is a fight now about – once again, like, Lisa and I can never see a friendship building with Lisa again because she, like, tweeted this out to prove that she's a great friend. And it's like, well, she was trying to prove a point because you were trying to throw her under the bus. And, like, your point about throwing her under the bus was, like, she wished you well while your dad was dying. And it was, like, incorrect dates. So, like, you're a clown and so is she. <laughs> like, to me, like, they're both wrong. And I am kind of – I'm kind of over Heather right now. I'm over, like, the choir and I'm over – I also like the way she dismissed, like, s- Whitney's reaction to all of that I needed you to be on my side about mm. the jazz tickets. Mm-hmm. Stupid. But Heather's reaction was so, like – like, it's, like – the punishment did not des- – like, the action did not ner- deserve the punishment, whatever mm-hmm. that, like, expression is, like, was so wild and, like, tonally. And I just feel like, what is she doing? Why is she friends with – and now she's friends – and, like, she brought on Angie H. So, like, again, you look like a clown because you're standing by someone who's, like, husband bullied two of your female cast members. Like, I don't know, also just, like, stupid. Um, I don't know. Heather's having a rough season, I think. I don't know that Heather is having a worse season than Meredith, though. I, I I really struggle with Meredith trying to pass off behaviors that she knows are wrong because she wants to fuck with Lisa Barlow that much. It's like the false equivalency of taking the higher road is never going to work when you know that Jen Shaw is guilty, but you're saying that Lisa's behavior is worse. It is tough for me to watch that dinner scene and watch them try to sort of passive aggressively drag John Barlow or pretend to not understand why John Barlow would say to Chris H, whatever the fuck, what's her last name? Angie? Harrington. Whatever. I was kind of into, I thought Meredith and um, Seth did a good job, I thought, of like kind of being Switzerland though, because they were, Seth, mm. Seth said that seems really out of character. I'm at a loss for words. I mean, yeah, but 
to say that's really out of character and to pretend to be confused by his response when his response has everything to do with what Angie was doing and probably the knowledge of that account. That's disingenuous to me to be like, wow, I have no idea why John Barlow would be mad. It's like, you know exactly why he's mad. But I thought they were also saying like, that doesn't seem like John really did that. that yeah, that, that I agree with. That is what I took it as. Like, that doesn't sound like the person mm. we've been friends for. I think here's my issue with Meredith and maybe I will give her grace because I, because I understand like the anger that I think she felt, which is like, I don't think she is having an easy time getting past her. And I don't, I wonder like what the depth of their friendship really was. Cause mm. of course, as these friendships always fall apart, you're like, were you How guys, close were they? yeah, it's like, did you just like know each other for a long time? But and like, there's a mutual best friend that's like mm-hmm. not on the show, but hearing the things that Meredith and Lisa said, and then Lisa being like, I was triggered because you made fun of my house renovation, which was like, that's the apology. And then in her confessional doubling down and being like, actually I did mean it. It's like, Cool. Well, then, like, I'm glad that Meredith isn't letting it go. I wish that Meredith would just say, I can't get past this and I won't forgive it because the things you said were unforgivable and yeah. and also on national television. But Meredith can't say that because we hate, as we just talked about with Rinna, like, we don't want somebody to, like, not let something go because it's, an, it's not fun to watch. So by what she's doing is playing, like, strategic and dirty in a messy way, which – I don't mind. Like, I feel like, cool. Like, yeah, like, Lisa made all, said awful things about you, had a disingenuous, apolo- disingenuous apology, and you don't want to let it go. But, like, I don't know if Meredith was like, I don't want to film with her, and, like, was doing a Shannon and um, Tamara with Vicky, like, what that season where they just didn't film with her because they were that mad. It's not good television. So, like, if the result, if the other, if the inverse of that is, okay, so we're going to film together, and I'm going to, like, drop little like I heard this through Instagram DMs and I know it's not true but I'm gonna like say like oh I just brought it up I didn't like Whitney said it I don't know like that she's doing her job to me I can't be mad that she won't forgive Lisa for the things she said I think the confusion here is that truly truly Meredith believes that Lisa Barlow intended for that to be a part of the show Meredith truly believes that Lisa Barlow had that bathroom meltdown intending for it to be caught by audio cameras, whatever else. And Meredith can't get over the fact that Lisa was trying to make these gossipy insinuations a part of storyline moving forward. I acknowledge that. Lisa saying she didn't, she was just having a meltdown. She really didn't know that the mic, yada, yada, maybe they were holding a boom outside the bathroom, whatever else. I I happen to believe Lisa about Mm -hmm. that, which which doesn't take away from like what she said. I think, I do think it's weird that Lisa and Whitney have both acknowledged being told the stuff about fucking half of New York by Jen. I do think it's weird that we're not having seeing Meredith acknowledge that because if we care how people feel about us and you have decided to like devoutly defend Jen, at least until the plea change, it would be helpful to see some sort of recognition that like, okay, if you really care what people are saying about your marriage behind your back, you need to acknowledge that Jen Shaw is at least a part of this. Like, Mm. I think that's tough too. But ultimately, it's like Meredith saying she didn't say these things that I think she said is tough. At least Lisa doesn't have anything to hide behind because there is audio here. She can't say she didn't say it because she did. But Meredith being like, well, we didn't talk about sexual things and tweeting about that or saying on social media, I never said a sexual affair because you were nodding and didn't necessarily use that word. You left it to another cast member to. 
is disingenuous. It feels like Meredith is playing the game of like who is a better person. And at the end of the day, you're both dragging each other. One person did it because of a meltdown. You were doing it repeatedly on camera as a part of storyline. And I just don't believe that it's hard for me. It's hard for me to like get past the fact that Meredith is doing the very dark and problematic things that she said that Lisa was doing and talking poorly about someone. I think that's I think that's totally different because I think I don't think Meredith is playing the game of like I'm a better person. I think that she is doing this thing of like I'm going to start drama about you without doing it. So yeah, like my hands are clean of like saying anything on camera, but I am like I'm instigating the conversation about like oh I've heard things and then letting Whitney say the things you know and nodding. But to me that is like what a housewife is supposed to do and there is there is evidence of Lisa Barlow saying those things like of the things that she said oh, like, there's yeah. audio so like yes that like like uh, to me that I'm like yeah girl I'm playing dirty too but I didn't say anything and to me that isn't her being like I'm a better like watching someone try to be a better person is like Heather just like uh, doubling down on everything she fucking says and being like looking like a clown opposed to Meredith who's just like like, I don't know. To me, I feel like she has a right to be mad. And I don't know what what is what does like the the viewership want from Meredith? Because to me, I don't want her to not be able to film with uh, Lisa Barlow. But like to me, what Lisa Barlow did is like so low that I would never be friends with that person ever again. Right, which I have no problem with. It's Meredith then doing the thing that she okay, felt but, that Lisa was so doing, want- but not acknowledging it. Meredith is surrounded. Meredith is saying Lisa's the worst friend on the show, but she's surrounding herself with bad actors and pretending they're good. Meredith is surrounding herself with Angie H, who I think is diabolical. I have not trusted her. I've said that on AG before. I felt like this week just further proved that. I think her husband is a piece of shit. So and I weird. think him saying, how's a husband supposed to defend his wife? Then you fucking defend it. You don't hide behind a weird bot troll account mm-hmm. like a child or someone who doesn't or, or have a platform or, or don't admit it like i mean it just like it's so he didn't admit, he admitted it i think because he knew that other people that like, jen shaw it. and other people were going to talk about it because he's so fucking bad at it that he linked the same email account oh, right, to right, right, his right, 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 right. and the tr- and also p.s the like idea that like this is a big account it had 200 followers when the app aired it's now up to like 400 plus so jen shaw saying like this is a huge account that was making my life feel like shit is not there are other bigger accounts doing that they just don't happen to be associated with a friend of's husband yes so like there's a little thing here as far as like how this really but putting that aside i just think that meredith is playing the game and i just like i don't know what the alternative is because the alternative is her saying like yeah i'm doing this and it's like well we're watching her do it but i don't want a self-actualized housewife to be like I'm playing like I, maybe at the end of the season she'll be like I played really dirty and I was really hurt. That's all I want. But, I just but, want that. But, but do she, you need? But do you want that to happen in episode four? I I get annoyed by the fact that she's doing the thing yeah, that but, Lisa Barlow but did. But Lisa hasn't... Barlow didn't say it on camera. Lisa Barlow said it with a producer behind closed doors, not knowing it was going to get picked up. Meredith knows exactly what she she's hasn't doing. Said anything. What do you mean? Like, she literally hasn't said anything. So, like, if we're playing, like, we're saying, if we're parsing it out to say, well, Meredith thinks that, like, Lisa did it on purpose. But Lisa's saying she didn't do it on purpose. But Lisa's audio was caught on, like, we have, uh, we have proof. Like, she'd said it. Meredith is doing things on camera, but she's Which not, I would argue is worse. But she's also not saying anything. She's just participating and having clout. I mean. Listen, I think that this is where it gets interesting. Because if we're going to parse out what is worse, like, to me, what Lisa Barlow did is 100% worse. because wow, it I is, totally disagree. It's. She literally dragged her alleged best friend before the the show. And the kids. And the kids and her husband and their, like, entire lifestyle 
on a show on national television, which again is always the like dot 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 after the sentence. Whereas Meredith is like, okay, cool, game on. I will bring up rumors that I know aren't true because I know that they'll get a reaction out of you and they're going to like create controversy on the season. You know what the problem here is? Is that it's hard for me to have this conversation because I genuinely think it was funny when it happened. I'm not. It's hard Lisa for me to Barlow? put. Lisa It's hard for me. Yeah, to put I mean, it was an incredible it television. Was, it was iconic. I'm not mad at Lisa. <laughs> and I, I, I acknowledge that. I mean, That's a privilege. Like Lisa, but and I don't. I don't think that Lisa is smooth enough to like have ever thought that I'm going to do this and it's going to get caught on camera. Mm-hmm. She's such a messy like potster. Mm-hmm. So I don't think any of that was intentional. But I do think that. I don't know. I just. I don't think I want to Meredith to be like. Like, let's take the high road and have this conversation. Like, I just don't... Somebody was on Watch What Happens Live. Some actress. Uh, some actress. I know. I feel terrible. She's on American Horror Story, which was unpopular back in the day. <laughs> I can't remember her name. Okay, cool. But she was on with Heather Gay the other day on Watch What Happens Live. And she was like... Leslie. Leslie Grossman, yeah. Yeah. And she was like, I will I never get... Like, I, she's like, I understand if uh, Meredith could never get over, but she should say that. And, like, I agree, except that, like, for the show, I want her to film with Lisa. So, like, that is that is why this show is fascinating because you're, like, continuing friendships with people you would never be friends with. Let me just – I just need to say it, okay? This is a melody, okay? This is an orchestration. This is our Mozart. Meredith can go fuck herself. I'm done with her because I'm not a fucking whore and I don't cheat on my husband. Her and her dumb fucking family that poses. It's giving Dorit. It's giving so many other housewives. It's a callback, honestly, to the history of Bravo. Why don't you own a house? Oh, wait, you can't because your husband changes jobs every five minutes. Meredith is a piece of fucking shit. I had your back and I'm offended by that. Fuck you. That fucking piece of shit garbage whore. I fucking hate her. She's a whore. She fucked half of New York. She can go fuck herself. It's a haiku. Like, how can I not stand behind that? It's hard. It's, it's hard. I mean, it's great television. I'm not mad at I'm not mad at it at all. I'm so happy it happened. It was like yeah. the best part of last season. I am I'm a, it's, I just I, understand I, why I, it I might burn. Or, it. I just understand I why it might burn a bridge funny. with a friendship forever. Right, but it's just it's the false equivalency that Meredith is above this. I think it does honestly take away genuine. Hear me out, even though I don't know what I'm saying as I say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Andy's Girls. It to me takes away a little bit of Meredith's hurt because she's so obviously consciously trying to hurt Lisa Barlow on camera, which is not what Lisa Barlow did. Which doesn't take away from her saying her dumb fucking family that poses. Now, is that as bad as what Jen Shaw said about her son? I I don't know. I would argue maybe no, but I I don't know. That's between... Wait, is what Jen Shaw liking tweets about her twink son worse than Lisa saying saying that you're a whore who fucked half of New York? No, not about the whore stuff, but about your dumb fucking family that poses. I don't think that's really an insult. I think that's just an acknowledgement that like her her family poses for instance like I don't think that's I I I, the I like the insults about her husband are obviously pretty descriptive and exact I feel like Jen Shaw co-signed like a nasty tweet that Meredith was able to glom on to like the son part I feel like Lisa said things with her full chest like and literally was all caught on camera so like or on audio at least so I just think that I don't know. And I don't think Lisa did a good job apologizing. I'm glad she didn't because I feel like it's created like great. It's a great inciting incident for the new season. And I'm glad that there was like no like the but the apology at the reunion was like, I heard you made fun of my renovation, like girlfriend. And then the same thing. That's like she doubled down on that with Seth at like the party for the first season. I mean, the first episode of like 
I heard you guys made fun of my house. Well, I feel like she needs to bring in the Jen Shaw of it all more. Because, like, who did she even hear the renovation stuff from? I feel like there is a thread here of Jen Shaw toxicity throughout this that that neither of them are acknowledging. Do you think that the show is erasing that to my earlier point about trying to... It wouldn't do them any good to. I think it's one of those things that maybe the women felt like they didn't want to reveal or maybe they didn't want Jen on their backs. Mm. Or maybe we're all so focused about the monologue that we're not thinking about the source material, which Lisa and Whitney have both discussed discussed on watch what happens since and I don't remember that going like viral maybe it's because this whole thing is like such a mess at a certain point but listen if Meredith is mad at Lisa for saying a lot of stuff about her husband and like a lot of other stuff then fight about it it's it's the pretend and and if Meredith doesn't want to because she was so hurt like I get that I I understand it but a part of being on Housewives is communicating out loud your inner monologue Obviously, Lisa took that but quite she literally. she is through other people. She's using minions, which is, again, it's a, a super housewife. I mean, like, I'm not saying it's a, a super housewife, like excellent housewife, like, but it's like it is a very housewife also tactic. So here's my question. What is worse, having someone who's a bad friend or having someone who's a bad person? Because I think Meredith is saying that being a bad friend is worse than being a bad person, and I disagree with that. Uh, I don't think either are good, so I don't know. I think it's another thing. It's like hard to parse out. Like someone being a bad friend, I mean... I don't know. Can we? Or you? Who are we? Who is a bad person? Angie. I think that there is stuff that I think Angie is suspect to me. I think the way I just still, there's we, something about her I'm really can we not the, vibing. Can with. we take the line with but Angie I'm happy she's there. and I'm draw happy it back to Heather Gay, who brought Angie on the show, and like what is like what is Heather Gay's point of view this season? Here's you the, had a question for me about Heather Gay. You texted me yesterday and said, I have a question about Heather that I, I want to ask you. Was. You have to give me more. I forgot. I, my brain is um, mashed potatoes. But I feel, well, I think the thing with Heather Gay that's kind of interesting is that he, what does it say about Heather that these are her good friends? Yeah. And with Meredith, I, I don't know which is worse that like Heather has these kinds of people in her life that she really truly seems to have as good friends meaning Angie H whose husband does this kind of stuff and like who does seem kind of suspicious to me and Jen Shaw who she has obviously had like a long-term relationship with versus Meredith different than the Angie right versus Meredith who seems to be aligning with Jen Shaw and Angie more because of her hatred of Lisa Barlow than anything else like that's the foundation that they're building their friendship upon. So what's worse? The fact Heather. that Heather... Heather having genuine friendships with people that are despicable like Angie and Jen Shaw than Meredith who is using those people as uh, proxies to like re- enact conflict that she doesn't want to have. Like it's like she's Vanderpumping in not an, in not an effortless way. But she's using people like... Um, like An- like Angie and whomever to like do yeah. do her bidding against Lisa on the show, getting things said, doing things. But Heather is coming on with like genuine connections to Jen, who she will continue to stand by, even when Leslie Grossman was like she, on Watch What Live was like she's terrible and like like fr- like was like fr- like you know defrauding the elderly and like Heather looks like bristled you know at it. Um, and also uh, Angie, who she – I feel like Heather and Whitney were angling to get on the show because um, she was, like, a guest every other season. And isn't she, like, Whitney's, like, 100th, like, cousin first removed or something? Like she, Angie I, is? Like, Angie and the other woman who looked just like her, Sarah Jane or whatever. Like, they were, like oh, – right. One of them was Whitney's cousin also. In yeah. any case, I feel like Heather and Whitney were angling to get Angie on the show. Yeah. And to me, that says more about both Heather and Whitney, but Heather's the one who's still aligned with her. 
I mean, I was into watching Jen Shaw be like, do you know that Angie's husband did this at the end of the episode? And, yeah. And Heather was like, because it was like, she was like, fuck, like, this is gonna make me look bad. And I think Heather's so concerned. Heather, people always come down on Garcelle. I mean, people like Teddy Bellingham. Sorry, trigger warning. But people <laughs> always are coming down on Garcelle and Sutton for like doing what the fans want. Like they're really like they are. I feel like the Fox Force Five's critique of the other women is that they are like Strategic. doing the bidding of the fans. Like the fans want this, and they're doing the thing that the fans want. Mm. Which right now I'm into, but maybe I'll hate in four Taste. seasons. But the. Like, Heather seems so, to me, is more, more than Sutton and Garcelle, she seems so hyper aware of, like, the fans and how they've received her to date. Like, that they know that she's, like, on the, like, that she's, like, cool and down to earth and real and the voice of reason. But then she makes these awful decisions, like, doubling down on her allegiance to Jen Shaw and bringing Angie on the show. Tell, screaming at Whitney about, like, how she made her, the trip all about her and her abuse when it was supposed to be about celebrating Jen Shaw's almost going to jail party. It's like... The re- like she's her se- to me she's having a wild season and I'm like so confused why we're like why I'm seeing polls that are like whose side are you on Heather everyone Heather overwhelming majority people, is people Heather. Are like Heather and I'm like what like what are we yeah and then also I just like really can't get over the choir thing her being like I left them I left the church I left the church but I, I miss, miss music. but I miss my being connected to music and smite and like the spiritual music and it's like just I don't know there's there wasn't a, like then there's like auditions and I was like this is dumb like to me it's like you know how some things are like produced for this show and it's like mm. it's like they're doing goat yoga or like doing mm-hmm. aerial like while they're talking about whatever happened at the party last mm-hmm. weekend and then other things are just like this is dumb this is like not there's no reality what is this choir gonna do it's gonna do one performance on the show and then be done Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. 
the lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. But, um, so yeah, I'm having a tough time with Heather. Feel like she... To me, to your original question, which which is worse, to me, it's Heather is worse because she seems really, I mean, I don't know where she stands with Angie, but she seems really in alignment with Jen Shaw to date. And that, to me, feels like a problem. I mean, Taylor Armstrong, new married last name, made a joke at the Girls Trip panel, which was Girls Trip 2, and then the big surprise was that Girls Trip 3 joined for the panel. And Tamra and what, what's her face? I just forgot it. Oh my god, Taylor! Thank you, Tamra and Taylor. This is like the brain of. Oh, they were like wearing jumpsuits. Yeah, like they were talking about Jen Shaw's behavior at BravoCon and not being invited. And then Taylor said that, uh, you know, she's going to be wearing a different jumpsuit soon or something. And Heather looked very upset and like kept that going for a little bit of time. And I think that I think that Heather is. A believer in this. I think that she really does believe that friends stand with each other throughout whatever obstacle comes your way. But I just struggle with the 
you know, if we're talking about her experience with Mormonism and her experience with the Church of Latter-day Saints and her experience and feeling like there were bad actors involved in that and that she's in a, a search for a different kind of truth. I I don't want to take away the, like complicated conversation around people needing support in tough times, but we're not seeing in her, it at all any of these people acknowledge how horrible Jen's crimes are. And that is very tough. We're skipping over to the this bad person needs my support and not like this is a bad person. And Heather pretending that Jen isn't a bad person is tough. But I say that I really don't have anger. I thought Heather was going to have a tough season and she's not having as bad a season or I don't feel to me she's just like as, is a clown. I don't know that I'm like mad at her. I don't think that she's a clown. You don't think she's a clown for being friends with Angie and, uh, and like going so ag- like aggressively at Whitney about like you made like also which I'm sorry what woman on housewife gets a whole weekend devoted to them where we're all positive like hello you know the show is so like she was screaming and also they were wasted but which like we're never we never talk about when people are like wasted unless it's Kyle and she doesn't want to apologize for something so she says she was overserved but like they were both wasted but like the way she reacted to Whitney being like you should have stood by me and then it was um Heather being like uh like you ter- like lost me, bitch. You lost me forever. Like to me, I was like, girlfriend, it's too much. I think like Whitney is wasted telling you that she wants your support, and you were like saying you've lost me forever, bitch. It was too much. I think the thing that makes me less annoyed by it is the fact that I do believe that Heather believes it, versus okay. Meredith, who yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. I believe I... believes it, and that is the thing that's driving You're me right. insane. It's interesting because Heather, I it doesn't, I don't agree necessarily because I feel like again it's like a show and a job, but I hear you because Heather does subscribe. Like she, I do think that she thinks. Here's the thing. Here's a caveat. Like if my sibling or one of my best friends, like my best friend Anne did something awful and I'm not going to like say what that would be because it's then it's like it's the exact reason of what I'm going to get to. But like say they did something terrible. Mm. Would I stand by my sibling or my best friend in the whole world? Maybe, probably, depending on what the thing was. But I think to like take a public stand and say like this is like – they sta- need support. Yeah, and like also just to be like, I stand with this person, and as if like the victims. And again, I don't not I'm not like, qualifying my hypothetical like uh, thing, but because I feel like there are some things that are just despicable. But like, if Jen Shaw was my sister, would I stand by her in real life? Maybe, but would I go and like make a tweet that was like, my sister is, I will stand by my sister forever? No, I'd probably be like, I gotta get off social media for a while. Like, it's just the show of it is hard because Heather is doubling down on the way she's. And it's like in real life, you want friends theoretically when even even if you do despicable things we are all complex people but also you're on a television show and a public platform and you're standing by someone who fucking like did a terrible despicable thing to old and to the elderly at that here's a caveat to that that actually supports it i think is the fact that Heather is playing into the yes and of it all Mm -hmm. because Jen Shaw is saying over and over and over again that this is a federal conspiracy and she's innocent. And this is the problem is that Heather is just taking her lead on that. Jen is saying I'm innocent and Heather is running with it. And that is the complication here because I think Heather knows 
that there is some truth here to what's happening, but she either feels like she can't say that because maybe she feels like she can't say it because it could hurt Jen's case. I mean, at this point, Jen is literally preparing for trial. I don't know that Heather feels like she's going to go on camera and say that. I don't know if there are clips of that, but I also think like how good of a friend has Jen been to you? Because if we even take out the crime of it all, or if we go pre-crime, I mean, obviously the crime was still going on, but if we go like pre crime news coming out like pre-crime stoppers or whatever um was Jen really that good of a friend to you from what we saw on camera I'm not quite sure and also Jen saying over and over again you're not a good friend to me prior to this within the context of this is is tough it's weird that they're not acknowledging that can I ask you know but I think it's because how they're bullying them I agree. I agree. And I think it's a great point that I don't think I had really ever thought about. Like she is like she's drinking the Kool-Aid that is being served. She is yes handing it. And there's something to be said for, I don't know, believing she in your own. She needs to drink some Vita tequila, <laughs> baby. But I think can you like let's say for an example, and I think sometimes I in my own critiques of the housewives forget like different production companies, different cities, different. I never think about like, it. Like they all have different like not every I want all of the shows to be more fun like Potomac. Like I want all in Atlanta. Like I want an old school New York. Like I want them all to have an element of levity mm -hmm. and I don't think that they all do like I don't think Beverly Hills and Jersey like those shows aren't crafted to be haha -ha. like there's moments of levity but they're not like funny like Potomac is always funny even in the conflict these women you see moments of joy but what if Salt mm -hmm. Lake City had the production team and the editing team of Potomac and we like got a hot mic moment with any of the four women to say what the fuck was going on with Jen. Like, what if we heard Heather Gay be like, I know she's guilty, but like, I want to support her because like, she's my friend. Like, wouldn't that be interesting to have her? And I'm not saying that it exists, but like, also I do think to your earlier point, I think they all know she's guilty. <laughs> I think that's why there, there is the element here of them being able to move fully forward in discussing other stuff. I do agree with you that there could be some ed editing movement, but I do think it's also like, okay, it's like when grandma is saying things and it's like, she's not all there, but like, yeah, grandma, like that's what's going on. Well, and I think that, you know, I mean, again, I don't know anything in the inner workings, but if I was working on the show, I would be like, you guys can't, we all can't just be coming for Jen and talking about her case because like at a certain point, like she might not be on the show. So like you need to also explore the dynamics that exist. I don't think that happened at all, but you know much more about genuinely. I'm I just not, think that there are more about because you've been involved. I mean, I think that they just, production. I think that they just have, they had to be forward thinking about what a season after I think she it, left. Yeah. Had. I don't know that there's an actual conversation of like producer Tony being like producer Tony but like producer Tony being like okay you guys know what's happening with Jen on the pike well Explore I think their relationships they do they do phone calls I think that they know they come to back that. they come back for the new season they're like what's going on in your life yeah and they're not going to be and like there's like I'm putting together a choir as one does <laughs> so fake she's like I miss singing and they're like what if we did this um I'm really struggling with I was like really like oh Heather you're I'm really into you struggling with Heather as I struggle with Meredith meanwhile Whitney's there yeah, and that is interesting because I feel like we texted a little bit of how we were. You were like, I have a hot take that I like. Um, I'm I don't on remember team. what it was. You were like, I'm on Team Whitney. Oh, that's and what I was it was. Like, and, and I was like, I am too. And you were like, Oh wow, we need to talk about this. But like, I because we're 100 in the minority on that. Yeah, which is interesting. Like, I think that people think she is being disingenuous, yes. which is like to me. I think that she's being a housewife, but like I don't think that she is in any way doing more or less than Meredith, doing more than Meredith or Heather. I think that she is just she's stirring the pot creating a shit storm but also like god bless that she is god bless but also like bless her heart with the justin stuff when That's she was rough. like when she was saying that okay this isn't funny but like 
the idea that Justin maybe, and I don't know, and there's like all a lot of online chatter about his work. I don't know. It gets too much into a, unless it's on the show, I can't get caught up in it. Yeah. There's just too much going care. on. I just can't do it. I'm barely following the Jen Shaw of it all um, off the show. So like putting that aside, the idea that Justin got fired is seemingly... What we're inferring here is a lot of that firing seemingly had to do with the scene of him spanking her while they're covered in like mud or whatever. And her saying that it's like sexuality shaming is to me complicated. Not as complicated as maybe Whitney thinks it is, but like I wonder with Whitney, I think there are things that she genuinely believes. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, like. Like her thinking that Stu pleading guilty means there's, oh, look, like the seat at the guilt table is almost full. So like they don't need any more room for Jen because like Stu's taking up and thinking like, babe, like, oh, my God, that's so totally not what's happening. But I'm so appreciative for you saying that out loud because I would never think it or consider it. But her trying to be like his old company doesn't support women, which isn't really what she was saying, but like I'm being sexuality shamed or something is a take to me and maybe what she feels like she has to say to defend her husband and while her husband isn't the only person to lose his job like Louis lost his job because of I don't even think Teresa's behavior but because of the news items and pieces and information about what had been said about him previously came to light but in both of those cases it's like publicly traded companies the Louis stuff I think is a a different situation because it involves press but like Whitney thinking that her husband spanking her while they're covered in mud and thinking that that's like a beautiful moment like yeah it's it's giving Ramona and Mario it's giving Tamra and Eddie but like so much um more like to the Tamra is neither here nor there but like the Ramona and Mario of it all it was a joke that like Ramona's in negligee and she's pouring oil all over Mario who could not look more uncomfortable and trying to play the part of turned on. And on like a blindfolded Michael Darby getting like a lap dance. With the chocolate. Wasn't there chocolate or whipped cream or something? It makes me want to, my soul curdles. But like that moment, I'm like, Whitney, he's the head of like the, he's the head of sales and marketing. He thinks covering himself in mud, spanking his wife's ass on TV. It's not the same thing as Whitney being cast on Salt Lake. It's like specific examples of maybe you didn't, you don't, you're not like thinking smart here by think. Also, what did it contribute to the show? Absolutely nothing. You have to know that that's like the idea that they, Justin not putting up boundaries between what was acceptable through the eyes of his employer versus. Yeah, they didn't have the forward thinking as joining a reality show. Like right, what that which, would. Just the idea that that was like sexuality shaming. I'm like, babe, I don't think that's what's going on but here. But I think she believes it. And to your earlier point yeah, about it. Heather, she I think it's it. kind of like it yeah. is, it's why she's a valuable housewife because she believes it even if it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's tough. Sweet Whitney. I really, you know, I don't know what it is, but like I bristle when she's, when people call her dumb. I don't know. I don't think she's dumb. I mean, remember, I don't think she's remember dumb. she broke down. In the, in the, the van? Yeah, I think that the. She can read. <laughs> I mean that though. Like she can, she can read things and understand them. Like that sounds so dismissive of me saying it out loud. I acknowledge that. But like she, I, she's I not think, stupid. I don't think None she's None of dumb. these women are dumb. I think some of them are dumb, but I don't know that any of the ones on Salt Lake City are particularly dumb. Oh yeah, dumb. I'm thinking only about Salt Lake City. No, I don't think any of them are particularly dumb. And she might be. 
Angie H. Angie H is so not dumb. She is cunning. And the way she is spinning this whole, Whitney is just picking up. How do you pick up on someone blowing someone for Lakers ticket or whatever that she's saying that Lisa Barlow did? Like, how do you, how do you infer that? We both know that you said some shit. I know. I'm interested in the the inner workings or the behind the scenes stuff of the casting like why there are three friends of but no are like, there three angie h angie k who we don't know and, yet and like dana or dana she was like only oh, in right. one scene but drags, she's but she's the one Jen in the Shaw. trailer who says right. something to jen Shaw. Like, okay um but yeah just like it's interesting like they lost mary and jenny and then oh my god i forgot jenny jen Shaw pled, pled guilty so it was like, but like they didn't i guess land on any of these women as full-time which i'm not mad at i feel like the other women are doing their job but like i'm just kind of wondering like why angie just seems like a try hard and it seemed like they tried it already and twice and it's like she showed up twice as a guest and then it was like okay it's not sticking and now she's back and it's like in an official capacity and i'm like it just seems so disingenuous but i'm interesting interested in you saying labeling her as cunning she's giving camille season one Oh my. Well, then I maybe I'm here for it. I, Lord, there's a part of me where I'm like, okay, you can stay, but I'm going to fucking hate you. Okay, so this is not this person. Season one, she's not going to get a season two. We're not going to like her. This is interesting. Now, I'm just going to pivot and say this person is not cunning, but I feel like it just, when you. You're ap- going to talk about me, I feel like. <laughs> when you appreci- Am I right? When you appreciate a housewife and the and what they bring You're to wrong. the. You wish that the season did not involve Giselle walking up and saying, what's with your cancer? <laughs> It was incredible. Also, her tagline. like, I don't see the cancer on you. Also, the tagline, her tagline is literally like, I might lie, but I lie about myself. <laughs> like, to me, I think I said this uh, to a friend recently, but like, Mia is maybe not for, what is the expression? Like, for the people? Lo- for the long haul? She's here. The- she's not here for a long time. She's here for a good time. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't foresee her being like a seven season housewife. LOL. But I also she's think giving like, Drew. you were like, I think that Drew is giving Dorit, which is to say, she is such a tryhard and like, she's so fun like old Dorit yeah like old when Dorit had a personality right which yeah. we love I miss that Dorit I'm, now may her may its memory be a blessing I like that that Drew is a try hard and is also like brings comic relief at her own expense not because she's trying to be funny but because we're laughing at her because she's like Rafa's played for Rutgers wait what oh he was on the oh he's on the bench the whole time don't feel we're on camera <laughs> like that is amazing so I think that Mia is like not like people wanted her gone last season and I was like no she Raise needs his to come. hand she needs to come back and I'm glad she did because now we have this wild storyline I don't think she's gonna be around for many many seasons but I'm grateful that she's there because She's a grifter, and she also brings a different energy than anybody else on that cast. And she's, like, giving us – I mean, I can't believe – when I saw that first episode, I was like, I have missed Potomac so much. I wish mm. that they would, like, get – like, give us a year-long season. They're so good at the thing, and it's just – Salt Lake City is doing a good job. I just don't find it as, like, funny or as, like, watchable. It doesn't move the same way. It's darker, and, like, there's, like, less of, I think, chemistry between the women – Potomac, it's just like, they have great chemistry, they're super funny, and they get right to the fucking chase. Literally walked up and said, what was this Instagram? Like that, if, can you imagine if that was on Beverly Hills? Would no, never happen. Everyone would have talked about it in a confessional, would but never no happen. one would have brought it up. One person would have brought me aside and been like, I think we need to talk. And then they would have filmed like five days later at a dinner with just that her and that other person. And it would have just dragged and dragged. And it would have been like, well, Ashley said this, like, or, you know, like it would have just, ne- and I was like, they all got it out. All of them were there. Katie Ross was there. Sharice was there. Like, amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, what was her? name a scholar was there like everybody was there 
amazing. First episode, I love them. I don't think that every franchise should be funny because I think you need to understand that there's a power structure here and Potomac is extremely powerful. But can we hashtag safe space? And I may get dragged for this and that's fine. I cannot believe that the first episode included these women talking about and questioning Mia's Instagram post. Because when that post went up, I'm pretty sure that you and I had a conversation about it. Maybe we didn't. I, I had it with somebody. I quit the show and I was like, this is like, and then I was like, oh, she's sick. And then I, I don't know that we talked about it. The language that she used in the original post was very, see, it's her calling right now. The <laughs> language. Block number calling. <laughs> Unknown. <laughs> um, the language that she used in that original post was weird. What was the language? It was like, I have cancer. Yes. So I think, aren't you, can you Why not- did you tag the Cancer Institute? Like, right. and then I heard from people who Maybe were like- Maybe she heard about Kathy Hilton and it gave her cancer. She held it in. <laughs> she did the Lisa Rinna. Oh my God. The things that Lisa Rinna has been diagnosed with. Abuse, cancer. Mental breakdown. Birds. Um, um, wait, but I, the, the, the thing with Mia though, that like, it, it was- tough and I I have heard from people listen everybody knows I have some chronic health stuff it's we're sort of getting toward a diagnosis that it's very complicated and like not the most common thing for a person to have very tough I had remember when I was I've been misdiagnosed so many times in the last six years remember when that month that I had fake Lyme mm-hmm. when I went to a place that had Yolanda Hadid's book on the table and they were like I guess it's Lyme and I was like taking all those was pinctures or tinctures of like green things in my mouth throughout the day like craziness so it it is not taking away from invisible illness I am someone who has a background in understanding chronic illness but what she put I mean like safe hashtag safe space I think she was looking for attention and it was or the way that she communicated it to me was specifically intentional tagging yourself in, as being at a cancer institute and then saying, like, I don't have it yet is weird to me. Weird. It is wild. But also. I just want to say that hashtag safe space not taking away from the delicacy that being I think some Housewives franchises would handle that with. And the fact that Giselle and Robin. God bless them. Got right to it. Like God a bless split. them. And then when like Wendy acted like like appalled about it and. Robin was like, everyone has talked about it here. And then it flashback. And Candace is, fa- Candace, like, is having the Candace opposite having of season. Meredith and Heather. She's having an excellent season. Yeah. And when they cut to her, like, her talking about it with Ashley or something, and then it cut back to um, Candace, and she's making, like, a Grinch face. of like, <laughs> And it was so funny. I was like, wow, this show is incredible. Um, yeah, Potomac is, yeah, the breaking of the fourth wall, the hot mic moment, Karen saying maybe you shouldn't have talked about Chris Bassett on camera. Mm. I don't know. I don't know that every franchise, again, needs to talk about, like, the production stuff. But I do think that it's interesting that they started editing the season and they decided that those were things that needed to be included in order to tell the story. Like, they didn't choose to leave those things on. I don't think that they kept in Candace's fourth wall because she said, don't cut my fourth wall. I think yeah. they kept it because they needed it to tell whatever's coming. But... And whatever just occurred. Correct. Like we're just, we have, we're having a a prestige season to thus far. I'm interested. I know um, Michael Arsenault was one of your recent guests and Mm -hmm. I felt like, I felt like he was sort of um, LOLing at uh, Sharice Cha-Cha Jackson Jordan, (laughs) but I'm into her. Well, you know, I I don't have like a, I like, I'm into Sharice's money. One, because I'm like, is it real? And two. Oh, I think it's real. 
I don't know. We saw that with Erica oh, Jane. No, no, no. This is not I mean, an Erica Jane thing. The champagne room was amazing. Also, remember when she planned the trip? I think season two, and they she had like a penthouse that was literally like two stories in I don't remember what island they were in, but it was like an incredible. It was like wow, you her were money real is a hundred percent real. And Tom Girardi showing it, it's like it's. I think you could, if you cared enough, could look up what her ex husband was he a, made. Was he, he was a, a coach? Pro, I know he was a coach in the NBA. Is that right? Or I have he, no idea. But like those people make a ton of money. I mean, Juan is, a, Juan is a coach, and so is Coach Shaw. Though, yeah, but so, Juan is a coach for like high school and college no no, no. i think a college basketball team, which i think makes a lot of money also but just different i mean like not as I, much I, as robin I, I no matter what he says i also think he's an assistant coach too i don't think he's a main coach whatever it is he's making money coach shaw's making money but they're not making they're not making the money that uh, sharice's uh, ex-husband what, what money his name i don't even remember eddie eddie no that yeah yeah yeah, yeah you're I think right so yeah um I, anyway so i never saw him i don't think never because i believe they were going through a divorce the oh, whole time right. because he didn't want to be on camera was part of like the inciting incident for their divorce which mm. is she is a fascinating character but i don't know that we'll ever get her back full time i don't know that she's gonna get the charade of it all because i don't know that she made a charade style impact and charade's ability to return charade is now on her third time being a housewife that is she remarkable. was a housewife Came back as a friend, then got brought back as full time, then, then left, left, then, then came brought back. back. So this is her Three. second time being brought. Yes, yeah, third Three. time being full housewife. Yeah, time housewife. Yeah, I don't know. Sharice was also a friend of once before. Like she was, she was on seasons one and two, and then came back. I think like season five as a friend of because she is the one who had like dirt on Monique and uh, Chris. I don't remember any. And of this. Monique would not film with her. It was a similar thing with okay. like like. So I think Ashley had a baby, like a whatever, you know, some sort of like sip in see with the, her first baby. Mm. I think season five. I think it was the. F- <gasps> now I remember this. Um, it was not the same. At her penthouse with Michael. Yes. And Sharice showed up and Monique left. And, right. And it now was, I remember and, and this. And it was because I, I don't know if it was the season before the fight. So it was like whatever season that was. But, yeah. Maybe um, three. But like Monique would not engage with Sharice. And Sharice allegedly had some sort of like r- rumors about. I feel you remember this. So Sharice has been trying to get back on the show for a minute. And also just like I'm into the fact that she has history, one with um, Robin and Giselle, but also filmed with Karen and Ashley all those years ago. Like she knows these women, therefore has history. And I need, I like just want, I want the rich history of Potomac always. Well, and it is also fascinating because we have always watched the frenemy style dynamic between Giselle and Karen. And now Sharice is like, um, raise his hand. I can do you one better. And is coming back seemingly to. It seems exact some revenge with Karen. I saw some bite on, I don't know, somewhere, Instagram, and Zell basically said Sharice is coming with something about Karen. And, yeah, which we assume to mean something about Karen's marriage. And then Karen like runs away from it for a long time, but I guess eventually yeah. it comes out and that like Giselle then is going to talk about it. I think that was on Carlos King's podcast. Yeah, that like Giselle basically says like she wouldn't have brought it up on camera, but then it's yeah. out there, which is interesting because can we talk about this? Like because Sharice has agency um, in being a former housewife. Mm. I, I don't know if agency is the right word, but like because she has an established character in this universe already yeah. it's different than like angie who's like a That's flop exactly what i was thinking about but is it not dis- is it is what giselle doing dissimilar to heather and or meredith in using somebody else to bring like be- or like what vanderpump did with brandy basically like you're my friend do the thing i don't think that giselle i think that Sharice is coming in and would do this regardless i don't see giselle being like you do the thing on my behalf. No, but don't you think? I mean, I don't. Again, I know it's their job, so I'm not like it's not a critique. of I don't Giselle. think that they're plotting in the way that I think that Angie H is plotting. I think that if Sharice is plotting, she's doing it on her own time. I don't think she's being. Like, but don't you think there's something to be said for? And we don't know how Giselle and Robin are going to react yet. But if Sharice brings something on camera that everybody else has decided they weren't going to bring on camera, uh-huh. and then once it's out, they're like, okay, well, I've heard this as well. Like, what is that about them? What does that say about them, if anything? I don't think it says anything. What am I not understanding? You know, it's like, um, 
someone saying I heard rumors about Lisa Barlow and someone else being like, okay, yeah, me too. But I wasn't gonna say it. But now we said. But now we said it. You know what I mean? So like, I'm just like, what doesn't? I don't know. Does it say anything about Giselle's loyalty or not loyalty to Karen as a human, as a friend? If she is gonna like engage with whatever Sharice is setting on fire, I think it depends on if the rumors are true. I think everybody knows that the rumors aren't true with Lisa Barlow, which makes Angie looks like such a bad person. But you're saying old blue eyes was true. Sharice got fired and we never got to dig into it. And now Well, Charisse I think that back. there's at least the idea that this was a thing people were talking about as opposed to somebody creating something or acting from a place of jealousy about Lisa Barlow. I really don't know how this happened, but I am absolutely a Barho. I think I am not like a totally converted because I think that she, last season I found her to be like she's so messy and i think that like the best messy people own it in some capacity and i feel like she tries such a good character yes but i just find her a little a little everyone's coming for me at the reunion and it's like okay but you did everything like you brought all of the bones like you brought the guy from mary's church you brought this thing with jen like you are starting shit which is fine because you're a housewife but you need to like own that stuff and you can't just cry and say like everyone's coming for me which is like well, that was an issue last season this season I feel like she's embracing more of mm. like I'm a great housewife yep. and this is Stepping part into of our power you have to I think just like own your messiness which I don't know maybe I maybe I need Meredith to take that critique but I do like that Meredith is using other idiots to do it I think it's funny so when it comes to Potomac who do you think is owning it? Do you feel like Giselle is owning it? Do you feel like well I guess I have to see what the Robin room- is well, I mean owning what i mean in the conversation like the this is a tough kind of i think everyone's owning their stuff except wendy and mia i think i have to think about that maybe not ashley yet but i think she's like knows what she's doing but but i think everybody else is owning what am i asking what were you asking me about who's i actually don't know as i say it out loud what i was even asking but like i think it was something around the lines of like are these people owning what am i trying to say like are the people on potomac owning their messiness totally i mean i think if you asked giselle is she a potster she would say yes and i think mm. that is the brilliance of like if you asked lisa barlow i think she would be like if she was on watch what happens live i'm sure she would just be like i, I don't know i mean maybe she would own to own it now but i feel like in her first season re- or second season reunion she just really like exploded in a way that was you have to own that there's some either you are like a, 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 a like a Rina or a Kenya and you're like, no, I'm not being messy. I'm just about the truth. And then you really believe what you did on the season and you stand by it and you're smart and you're thoughtful and you sp- say what you're going to do. Or you own that you're a little bit messy like Sheree or like Giselle. You're like, yeah, a little bit. I guess I'm a potster, but I'm just trying to like Ashley is always like, yeah, I'm a little potster. Like. I, so I do appreciate that they own that on Potomac. Well, and I also appreciate their hypocrisy, like what we're seeing in the trailer for the next episode when Ashley's like, see, isn't it bad when someone talks shit about your husband? And it's like, babe, that connection is going to go nowhere. You cannot connect Chris Bassett it, to, wait, Chris Bassett? Yeah. Yeah, Bassett to Michael Darby. It is interesting, like. Can't do it. Bad, the, bad, bad take. The, everyone I, and I say everyone, I mean, like, the viewership seems to just all agree that, like, Giselle's feelings could have been valid, but that, like, it all seems like a nothing burger based on anything we've ever seen of Chris Bassett's character. Mm. That, yeah, it seems weird that Giselle is doubling down on it and that I guess now Ashley – I mean, I guess – who knows if that was taken out of context, but yes, that Ashley is also 
now like they seem like they were just getting along in the last episode and now she's gonna do this and be like isn't it and it's like well we had evidence to support that michael was a problem you know like and it was repeated st- it was yeah like, and, there the were, like, and there were also like legit claims physical, there were, like right like legal like there was things that happened there was audio there was visual there were cl- there were legal like suits like Ugh. and she stood by him which you know again what do you I mean like ma'am like we should not be saying who's the joke at this point when you are planning to buy a house with this man what who is the joke I, I love mean, Ashley so God much. bless her but she continues to position herself as the biggest punchline while wonderfully seeking independence I don't know how that works when you I know she needs- are doing what you're doing yeah it is interesting that she seems to think that that is a good idea but I guess because it's an amicable divorce, her hope is that, like, it's a good decision for the family. What does an amicable divorce mean when you're divorcing Michael Darby? Yeah, you're right. And also she said in an interview, like, she did think it could – she was like – I don't even want to say this out loud, but I guess she was like – said something to the effect of – and I'm I'm paraphrasing, but something to the effect of, like, I can imagine Michael getting, like, vindictive or litigious or, like, becoming – like, a not uh, amicable divorce, that he could get nasty in, like, the – proceedings and it's like if you believe if you believe the person that you were have been with for x amount of years who i'm sure you have some love for in some capacity still is capable of that then like it just seems like she has to have some enough and to protect her own money and also just like make sure that she's not putting herself in a position to then get fucked i don't know i'm interested to see if it's all like a misnomer is that the right word you know like if it's all just like smoke and mirrors and that like she bought a townhouse or something, and we'll find that out at the end of the season. You know, like, I wonder if all of this is, like, her sort of talking around, but, like, off camera, she's, like, working with Uncle Lump to get a loan to, like, forth from the bank to buy a house that she can afford in her range, knowing that, like, she can't really do this with Michael. You know, like, I feel like that kind of stuff doesn't bother me on reality TV if you're sort of, like, talking about things that maybe you know you're not really going to do, but you're just, like, people are going to have opinions about this, and it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think that there's a difference, though, between, like, potential caginess, which we might see happen, and a normalization, like a false reality. Like, I just think that the false reality that they're, that this is not going to involve any contentious anything, and that Michael Darby is someone to be trusted in divorce when he couldn't be trusted in marriage Mm. is, like, a complete... Yeah, good point. I, I mean, it's she, Ashley's too smart for that, except that she was married to Michael Darby, so I don't know. It's what makes her a fascinating housewife to me. She seems to be so smart and so, I don't know, strategic, but yeah, so smart and so... Like, she's such a good housewife. She's such a good housewife, but then it appears to be so stupid. As Katie Ross said, I'm sorry I called you dumb. Maybe I meant you were stupid. <laughs> Which is an iconic moment. Oh, I hope she's oh, okay. Katie. I was happy to see her wild ass at that oh. party. I was so... I, again, this is why... Beverly, all the housewives started start to need to do that again. Like, bring back. Just have a big party and let me see us a, a glimmer of someone. Let them do one <sighs> stupid thing at a party that will become a meme that I'll laugh about forever. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because on New York, for example, with New York splitting and the reboot happening, I would guess that we will never see i mean it's like what was it what am i trying to even will i guess it was will we ever see those universes collide i mean it's like the denise richards of it all like we'll never we'll, we'll never see denise richards blah, blah blah again kyle's whole little moment but like i don't know that we will ever see ogs or original people who are on the, on the first version on the reboot because they'll because, pop up in legacy because they're all. doing legacy i think it's interesting like I think that there would have been a passing of the guard if New York wasn't coming back, if like the OG New York wasn't mm. coming back, because we know that's in the works. 
I feel like maybe there won't be. But then it's like if if OG New York is only like a six episode one off like Ultimate Girls trip and we and sort of a TBD if it ever happens if it, like they continue to do seasons, mm-hmm. then like maybe it's not off the table that like Dorinda can infiltrate. So like maybe it does make sense, especially if there's any like dotted line connections. You know, like if Jenna Lyons knows yeah Dorinda in some mm-hmm. capacity, even casually, or if like. Uma is like apparently friends with who Ben Simone because they're both mo- were mm. models. Like if there are dotted lines that like maybe, but like I don't know. I needed to not be Jill though because she's doing too much trying to get back on, and I just love her. I just wish that she had comp- can contained any element of self awareness. I mean, Salt Lake City hasn't been on long enough to have established a history, but when we talk about the cameos on Beverly Hills and how much fun it is to like see Camille or see Adrian mm-hmm. and like talk about sparkle hair, whatever or whatever or see Taylor do maybe. When, do you remember when Adrian showed up or not she maybe she was the host magic? of a party and she like and Kathy's in that scene, right? And was like, You did, did magic? magic and she was like, I just did it <laughs> <laughs> But like asks her super genuinely, like, Oh, you're doing magic now? Like good for you. Yeah, the the fact that we're not necessarily gonna get that on New York or like New York is erasing our history I it's I don't think it's, it's I think I think that, I feel weird about it Damien you know that I do Maybe I feel excited by it but also because I don't, I don't feel excited and I know that this is this is my hot take um that like I oh. was sick of watching people the same like women be tortured by like their drinking problems and mm-hmm. I and I don't want to watch Dorinda Luann and Sonia argue about their drinking and watch them like I think that the deny that there's the comic wrong. relief of New York is like watching like Ramona and Sonia be wasted dancing on like a table and they're like 60 and you know Ramona has 50 blonde haired woman friends mm. but I don't know that I need to keep watching that like I feel like the story feels like it has tied itself up but I do think if the dynamics are changed I do think the door will be oh I said it here first but I do think the door is going to be open for some of those people to make cameos I just think that they need to see if it feels like real in the real world I just I the thing is the thing of it is is that on New York like on any really truly any franchise its first season putting aside the newer generations of housewives it is and and also the problem with Miami its first season um is that like ideally there are real solid relationships and ties, maybe not with all of the cast, but like significant relationships and friendships because when conflict happens, we have to feel like there are real life stakes, even if these real relationships have changed because of signing on for a reality TV show. And I just, I don't know enough about the new cast members and I truly do not care about looking into them. Like, I am not that person. I think it's so great that other people are doing that kind of heavy heavy lifting. I'm not going to be Googling people. I'm not going to be looking into XYZ unless it's like featured in page six. Like, I haven't done that. Like, it's just not my vibe. But I just am nervous that these people were cast to, like, work together who maybe don't know each other. That makes me a little bit... But I think that you... I want a cookie bake. But I think you have to... I think that Potomac is really the exception. Like... Ramona and Luann and Jill weren't best friends. They, like, knew they, of each other. Also, like, the Salt Lake City women didn't know each other. Giselle and Karen weren't best friends. Ramona and Jill hate, have hated each other for years prior to uh, New York happening, I which just, they've acknowledged. Yes, I just think that the expectation that, like, I think these women are, I think that they made sure that that happened. But I don't think, like, on Salt Lake City, we didn't see a lot of people have, like, years-long friendships except for uh, Meredith and Lisa Meredith and, and Heather and Jen. 
Yeah. We had it. Yeah, I guess. But to me, that, that, that group has no chemistry or had no chemistry. And they have more chemistry now because they've been filming together. That's my opinion. Yeah, like maybe your friendship can grow as a result. Like or the, can, the, inciting incident one, for, but... the inciting incident for season one of Salt Lake City, which was, to me, one of the best storylines. Smell Like Hospital? Was Smells Like Hospital. And that woman had no, Mary had no relationship with anybody until she started filming. But luckily they had filmed for so long. True. So they cut back. That so was an I, iconic I premiere. think we have to trust new, the, the New true. York women. Like Jenna Lyons is like, all of these women are somehow tangentially connected to fashion and Jenna Lyons is a person a known entity who yeah. is an iconic fashion person and so, in pop culture so to me they're I don't I'm gonna like trust that they are not gonna film something that's a piece of poop and if that they do of poop. and if they do and it is a piece of poop that they will bring in some of these other women to from I, I don't want that scenario to happen where they have to like bring in people and make it better but um I don't, I don't know. want 32 year old housewives and I know that Ashley Darby is the exception because she was like but like wasn't Bethany 32 in her first season I don't know that's different she was in her mid-30s I think most of these women are 35 and 40. Mm, I don't know. I miss my 50 plus. You're not going to have a diverse New York cast of 50 plus women when you're like looking for people who have access and resources and money who are all who aren't all white women that live on the Upper East Side, in my opinion. I think that you are. I think that you can. You can have women who are settled into a different chapter in their life. They just happen to be 10 years older. I think they have 10 years of additional experience. I bet that they tried. <laughs> I don't know that they did. I think when they were thinking a new energy, I'm concerned that they were like, youth. I don't necessarily want to see. I think that that's been a common trend. Early 30s Crystal's, on Housewives. Crystal's 30, like seven. Ashley Darby's like 29 still. Candace is like right, 30. But Crystal's age is not the only. Like, I like the idea that when Crystal's yeah, like, only a couple more years till 40, all the women are like, go fuck yourself. But I think. Like, I like that kind of energy. I don't want to see a cast of everybody being 32. That's not the kind of next generation housewives that I want to see. I want to see because we see that already. The the what is so exciting to me about housewives is the narrative being focused on women who don't necessarily have the opportunity to drive story on other shows because of ageism. I think that I want they're rebooting something to be able to have longevity. Yeah, so it can be on on for because Ramona yeah. was probably like forty two when this new season started. No, Ramona was in her fifties. Mm, she had to be she, she had to the be. show has been on for 13 years she she's Bethany in her mid-60s like she was 50 when she started she couldn't have been she's in her, 40s. In her mid-50s now no uh ramona's in her 60s the show's been on for 30 13 years so right? she would be in her well I, no because there's a difference between seasons and years yeah but approximately i think she was she had to have been in her 50s I don't, no offense, I don't trust your your <laughs> facts. Uh, I think that people are misremembering that the cast have always been age diverse. And I think like Jenna Lyons is 54. Yeah, God bless her. So I God don't. God bless her. Um. So I don't know. I don't know. I just like, I get a little leery of the youth being on Housewives because I just like, I need life to kick you in the ass a little bit more. Understanding that you guys all have like uh, seemingly in incredible financial I think, resources. I think that you can't say I want a rich housewife. I want a diverse I want cast that represents New York. And I want. Lord knows they've had the time to do it. And I want um, real connections yep. and get all of those things. It's like it's everything. like the Venn diagram of cheap, fast, whatever. Like cheap, fast, good. You know, it's like you can get something cheap and fast. You can get something good and like whatever. But you can't get like cheap, fast, and good at the same time. I am. Ner it's when they walked out on that stage at Watch What Happens. I was like, okay, got it. Jenna Lyons, incredible. I just don't know. I just don't know. I, I wish I felt more positive about it. And maybe I'm having a Debbie Downer moment, but I don't think I am because I felt this since it was announced. I just don't know. I'm just not sure. Maybe it's and I you know what? I'm very bad at change. I think I, I think New, I'm terrible I at change. I think New York really played itself out. I and, I, from a and, place I don't, and I do not want to watch 
uh, Dorinda and Sonia slur through a fight ever again in my entire life. I will watch it on um, no, it's Legacy. But yeah, it's not fun and it makes me feel sad for both of them. You can't tell me that Rinna is necessary for Beverly Hills when we got rid of everybody on New York. Is my counter, not to you, but to the idea that Rinna is necessary because they got rid of literally everyone on New York. I think that, and I believe, and I really believe this. That no, but like everyone is disposable. So you can act like, oh, Kyle could never leave. It's like Kyle could get fired. Kyle, something bad could happen to Kyle. Kyle could decide she wants to leave the show. Whatever. Knock but table. knock on whatever. But the oh, show would, the show hurts. could go on. It would be different. And that is, that is like what people can't accept is like, if the thing is New York is different, but I am excited by it. I don't want to watch old white women in the Upper East Side anymore. I, I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying I would like to see women who are in their 40s and 50s plus. I think you're getting a few women who are in their 40s and 50s and some yeah, women who I are forget. in their mid Maybe to the late problem 30s. is that like they all look so young that I'm annoyed. Yeah. Um but you know, I mean, the idea of you're not bigger than the show is interesting because there are women who have become more who have become incredibly successful and I would argue Like Bethany who's starting a podcast about Like Housewives. Bethany who has created a narrative for herself for several years that she's above the show, that the show is beneath her and that she has done incredible things that won't be done again and that there is a toxic culture. I mean, Bethany would know best on that, but like there is a toxic culture around housewives that she won't deign to participate in. And there's some truth to that. And there's also a lot of, um, you know, other stuff. I think that people sometimes feel like Bethany is not uh, appreciative for the Bravo community, but I think that there's also, that's a really complicated dynamic. And it's just so interesting that today Bethany announced she's doing a Housewives podcast. She's going to be revisiting iconic moments. She is so tired. Bethany, I would love for you to come on Andy's Girl so we can talk about some of your iconic moments. This is a safe space for Bethany Frankel. It's so interesting because I think that you know, obviously there's Andy's Girls and there's like like lots of really great podcasts that are devoted to the housewives or like the – That aren't the, devoted on recaps, which uni- are also incredible, but – But I think what's interesting is um, – I don't know. Just like I think that she is going to the same way that like all of these different housewives podcasts – like P- Carlos King's videos are always circulating Instagram. He's a personality and all, you know, he's on television. He's like, mm. he's the Andy Cohn of, or trying yeah. to be of like own or whatever. Um, and or, he is, uh, he's super successful. But I think it's interesting. Like, I feel like she is going to be trying to chase that same, like I'm getting Marin Morris to say this about Kelly Ben Simone. And now we have a bite and now it's good. And it's like, I don't need her to be a part of the conversation. If she doesn't want to be a part of it. like, don't, don't try and chase headlines and traffic and, and subscriptions and whatever if you don't want to play ball. Like, she doesn't want to play ball. She doesn't want to have f- her former co-stars and, and, and quote-unquote friends on the show because, like, that's what other people are doing, in her opinion. So she's going to, like, try – use iHeartRadio to book, like, big guests, and they're going to talk about these women and judge them and make opinions, and then she's going to get headlines out of it. Here's what I think the difference is. You have incredible podcasts and po- podcasters. Carlos King, Danny Pellegrino, Watch What Crappens. There are incredible podcasts out there, and I think what is so special about those people and those hosts and the content is that they love Housewives. Mm-hmm. You cannot, to me, have a successful, I don't know, I, I guess you could, and it's different when you're already a celebrity, but people shouldn't feel bad about loving this thing that they love. They You you walk into these podcasts and these conversations with the idea that like you can critique people, you can say, oh, I don't like this season, I don't like this show right now, but they say that because they want it to be good, which I think is so incredible and important about all of the pods not just the ones that I just mentioned those are the ones that just just came to mind and then there's Bethany who like I 
has said repeatedly she's above it. She's not going to return. She's going to do all these things. And maybe there's an opportunity there because she's going to have guests who love housewives maybe more than she does, who are going to pay respect to housewives maybe more than she does because she feels like she's above it. Like there's a reason she hasn't appeared at BravoCon. There's a reason she was in LA but couldn't find the time to go to Andy's baby shower. Like there are ways that she doesn't want to be seen as everyone else because she's better than everyone else. And like not to take away from her success, but that does something. I think to some people when they see her consistently communicate in that way where it's like, oh, I don't want to feel bad for liking Housewives. Like there's still value here. And maybe the opportunity for her show is in seeing her see people who she likes and respects as, you know, uh, Susie Orman and Elizabeth Moss, like these people who are very successful in fields where they're not real housewife, former cast members. You're like, you're a hugely popular and successful, you know, financial expert. You're a, you know, Emmy and gold, golden globe winning actress, producer, like maybe, maybe the change here is going to be Bethany being like, oh my God, I have to like, like this stuff. That could be interesting. And what's crazy about like the the press release is that she said something like, you know, we're going to I'm going to have people on. I'm paraphrasing. With like different takes. Yeah. But she also said like we're not going to focus on the women fighting and like the low brow, like essentially the low brow parts that other people like, which one who who's to that? who's to say that the things that people like are low brow about yeah. housewives and like that the fighting and like the conflict resolution, which hello, that is the hook. And that is annoying to me. Like I watched a clip of Sheree, um, Sheree Zampino talking about like, I, she was basically like, I was edited out of a lot. And like, she's like, Mm. I, you know, I hope everything's okay with Kathy and Kyle, but like, that's also what people want to see. Like they want to see the bad things or something. And it's like, it's not the bad things. It's conflict resolution. And like, obviously the resolution and like the good times we want to see too, but also it's about human behavior. So Bethany feeling like she needs to one throw like, I don't, not even content creators or podcasts under the bus, but just, like, the way people enjoy Housewives under the bus and be like, what I'm going to do is different is just so representative of who she is to me. And you know, if you're, like, a Andy's Girl listener who listened to our early <laughs> episodes, like, I, she's a despicable person. And I'm obsessed with her and love her. And she's a despicable person who feels like she needs to, as Ramona would have said, like, she doesn't support women. She doesn't support other people. She always needs to find a way to say, this is what I'm doing and how it's different. Like, uh, this is why I am the correct one. This is why I'm philanthropic. This is why I'm smart. This is why I'm a successful businesswoman. And what Two T's in a Pod is doing and what DJ Richie Sky is doing and what Watch What, Hap- which Watch what Crappens is doing and Carlos King, it's different because they're all going for, like, the low-hanging fruit. That was – low-hanging fruit was in the fucking press release. And it's like, suck my dick. You're She's so- not naming people, by the way. No, You're- no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm just saying that she is, like, she's glomming on pe- the viewership and what they like. And As it's like, being beneath And her. it's like, girlfriend, if the, if the viewership, in your opinion, is loving low-hanging fruit, then who the fuck is going to listen to your podcast? Like, eat a dick. Like, you just want the clicks <laughs> and the subscriptions. You brought it up. Fuck her. She's an asshole. Bethany, if you're listening, suck my dick. I hate you. You're a bad person. That's the episode title. You're Um, a bad person. And if if people love her, you should remember that that she is so awful. She's a terrible person. DM me. She sucks. Okay, but... (laughs) 
Sarah loves her. So talk to Sarah about why you. I'm a bad guest, but she's fucking sucks. She's a terrible person I think who got so rich and continues God. to punch You're down. You're trying to murder me. You're murdering my spirit, which I don't appreciate. But I think it could be really. I think her. I think the pod could be really interesting because I think that it would force <laughs> through genuinely an appreciation and value of this. It's just so interesting that she's like saying this as a thing that she created. And br- I mean, AG has existed for I think six and a half years. Um, <laughs> but like I think that there is something there of like we're gonna do the thing that other people aren't doing and this is literally a podcast about the psychology behind Real Housewives and also you don't interview other housewives and, do, and you don't and, go and on other do, podcasts and, and, you, and you don't do episode recaps so like the idea that what you are doing is I mean I don't take it as personal. no 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 I know you don't but I'm just saying yeah. like the idea that she is painting with such broad strokes about like everyone else is doing this and I'm gonna do this as well like, the thing that everyone else is doing is bad which is just like completely insane because there are are, are dozens yeah, all of those, excellent all the, Bravo podcasts all of which seemingly have different takes or if they have the same take they're still gonna have different opinions which I think is important. So maybe, maybe Bethany, I don't think this will happen, but like maybe Bethany or somebody on her team is going to listen to some Bravo pods for the very first time. And that could be a really interesting opportunity. And I hope that Bethany goes on mm-hmm. other podcasts and talks about this and is open to that, to lowering herself, to going on, God forbid, a Bravo podcast, because there's so much benefit and value in that. And while you want her to S your D. I want her to come on the show. I would love to talk to her. What do you think her conversations with Andy were about? Like, do you think she still has a holding deal or any sort of deal with Bravo that she's trying to like talk to him about ideas? Do you think that he is trying mm. to sweeten any version of like, what if you came back and we did do a reunion of like, what if we got Alex to come back and we did like a, just a reunion of this first, like, like a one episode reunion. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm saying like, do you think there's any, like if she's trying to, she's using Andy Cohen again to get like, TikTok hits because she'll be like, I called Andy after BravoCon. It's like, again, if you don't care, then why are you creating content that's about like you she, call it? She said she called Andy after BravoCon? She, yeah, she said something. I don't catch up with, I don't keep she, up with it. She did like three different TikToks that all, one was like her calling and it was like Ben was on the phone like telling her to like, like Andy's son was like talking. Oh, about lasagna. Yes. And then she did another, she did thing. another one where she like said like calling Andy after BravoCon or something. And then she said that she also had like a beach walk with him scheduled, which like, again, why are you telling people that you have something scheduled with like a quote unquote friend who's also a celebrity who is tied to your old job that made you famous? It's like, it's like, is she trying to pitch shows? And Andy's probably like, you can't come back if you don't. Like, you're never going to like, we're not giving you a solo show unless you do Housewives again. Like, what is, what is she doing? I don't know what her goals are. I, I think that like the the Bravo Pod is I, concept is smart. I think it's also totally, but it's so shocking. I think it's surprising because of what she has said about Housewives. But I do think again that there is an opportunity there that maybe it will. I know this is like a not. It's not that it's going to humble her because especially if she has Housewives on, they're all going to be like, oh my god, you're the best man, man, for like an hour. Um, but I think that there could be something else. I don't know. I think it could. She might. Why do I want Bethany to like housewives? Like, why is that the thing that I want? Because I would feel less bad when she talks about it is probably the answer to that question. I would like to. Well, I think have her not shit on this while acknowledging that it's a complicated kind of, you know, I think there's also something like baked into. I don't know if it's American culture, but like something about like, you know, not sort of. Biting the hand that feeds you? Correct. And, like, I feel like Yaya, the actress um, who was on America's Next Top Model, I feel like people always, like, talk to her about Top Model. Or, like, even Eva. Like, people mm. want people to, like, talk about their experience from the past and be, like, excited. Like, I love Tyra and I hung out with her recently and I feel like there's a, 
a version of like not being grateful for the thing that put you on the map. And I think that or having different feelings about different multi-layered I, feelings. And I'm sure lots of housewives have complex feelings about yeah. their time on the show, yeah. about the the production, the fans, about mm-hmm. Andy, about Divorcing the network. On camera. Yeah. yeah, and I think like but I think a lot of them. I think if you asked all of them, I like I wonder who would actually say like I have no interest in coming back right now. And also, I'm sure that answer wavers depending on what you have going on in your personal life and whether you want to be like – but, like, I feel like so many of them would say that the good or the exposure outweighs the bad. And I think it's interesting that Bethany has been so successful but would say, like, she wouldn't go back, you know? And it's, like, it's people want her to be, like, appreciative, you know? And not just be – like, be like, maybe one day, but who knows? But no. Instead of she's like, I would never because it's, like, stooped so low and gone – and it's like – Okay. Well, I think that there has been a humbling that's taken place regardless of whether or not Bethany wants to acknowledge it because she said she was doing this whole thing with Mark Burnett and going to HBO Max because she was above Housewives and she knows what she's doing and she's a superstar. And that show was like one of the worst reality TV shows I've Mm. ever seen. I had to do an Instagram live to to. get through it because I was like, I couldn't take watching it, but I felt like I needed to because I have low self-esteem. Like, I don't know what other reason there would be to watch that horrible, truly one of the worst. And you could and then also she was mean to the person who won well and then she said like essentially that the person who won god for this woman who won god forbid asked for like a reasonable salary and bethany was like well she asked for too much because people you know become famous and then they have an expectation it's like babe if you want to support other women like think about salary parity and also think about the idea that like gender parity what the phrase is like escaping me equity yeah thank you but also think about the fact that like you are the one who demands to be paid what you're worth like what does it say that you're so dismissive of of someone doing the same because you don't see that they're they're not yet at your level which is a level that not many people could reach regardless of if that's what they're interested in doing like it's difficult because that to me is the thread through new Bethany and that's it's it's a tough dynamic how did she get brought up today She's not even on the network. Because we were talking about it before and I had some feelings about it and you had some feelings about it. And it just happened because we were talking about the reboot because I am toxic and wanted to hear a little bit, although I wasn't expecting you to say what she actually said. So I didn't need either. I'm sorry. I am I am reactive, but I stand by what I said. I'm, but well, I'm sorry for anyone I offended. I mean, I think that what is important and helpful here is that we can have very differing opinions and you don't have to agree with either of us or you could agree with one of us on one and one of us on the other. And the point of this podcast, at least, is not necessarily to listen to people who feel or think exactly the way that you do. And it doesn't make them wrong for having a different opinion than you do. And it doesn't make you wrong for disagreeing with that person. I think that like there's such it it is, you know, the, the cancel culture of Bravo opinions is Uh, a very difficult environment to break down regardless of if I've contributed to it in the past and if there are moments where I still do. And I think it's like maybe it's helpful in a world in which disagreement is seen as um, a character flaw for or uh, processing discomfort is seen as a character flaw or impossible where we do that more often. So if you hate Bethany and I'm still charmed by her, God bless. Um, and I hope that she goes on Bravo Pods. I hope that she's aware of Bravo Pods. I think that she can also acknowledge that this is she has a special value to bring as Bethany Frankel as a New York housewife. Um, 
who became enormously successful and was like the first and maybe one of the few to really leverage Housewives and monetize it in the way that she did. It's going to be interesting to see because also I shouldn't take away from true baggage that she could have because like look what she experienced on camera as a result of it like I don't want to take away from that like I don't want to well, be completely is, unrealistic none of it is vulnerable that is what is like none of it is like is reflective all of it is at least what we get publicly is all again I'm up here you're down here that's her energy of like this show is down here and I'm up here now none of it is like the show was really complicated. Like my divorce went on for a really long time. I lost a really, like I lost some good, like I lost Jill yeah, and Carol. Yeah. Like none of it is ever reflective about, and and she doesn't owe us that, but also she's a public figure whose bread and butter is having divisive opinions. Mm-hmm. So she's like, it's like none of my business, but also like you're making every other part of your life my business on TikTok and Instagram and in your podcast. So yeah, like if you talk shit on Housewives, like I am allowed to think that you're an asshole. I think it's going to be, I think it could be honestly really interesting. And oh again, God, for the 800th time, still. I just hope that, you know, maybe it will lead to an appreciation of Housewives pods, noting that she didn't create the space. She'll probably tell everybody that their cheater, their cheater brands off her. A hundred percent. Andy Scrolls, which has existed for six and a half years longer than her podcast is absolutely a cheater brand. And I'm here for it. Damien Bellino, we talked for 800 hours because I love you so much. Thank you for schlepping to the office. My I pleasure. Thanks so for having me. I appreciate you. Tell the folks what, um, who's, what's, uh, why, why. You can find this old fag <laughs> at everywhere at Damien Bellino. <laughs> my goodness tell Sarah's the ready to expel on. me from tell her the people what's going on you can find me on all of the things at Damien Bellino it's Damien with an A and you can find my podcast you might know her from wherever you're listening to this podcast we interview um, character actresses and underrated gems and um, right now we have uh, episodes with Shirley Ralph who just won the Emmy for Abbott Ooh, Elementary such a um, good show. we also have Robin Lively the star of Teen Witch mm. um, and elder sister to Blake so you can uh, check those uh, out um, wherever you're listening to this and um, thanks so much for having me even though I um, <laughs> have caused a ruckus <laughs> I don't know what the uptitle of this is going to be, but I think it's going to be something. Guys, um, speaking of something, something great. There's an hour-long uh, Patreon bonus episode on the AG Patreon, number one way to support the pod. It includes, I don't know, Damien, um, God bless, is a Patreon AG. I don't know that you have had the opportunity to listen to it, but it includes a thesis statement about Whitney and Heather and trauma. Oh, and it's an exploration of the nuance, uh, which is fantastic. And guys, Satchels of Gold, again, our listener thoughts and feels, questions and concerns about all things housewives and more. You can DM them to me on Patreon, patreon.com slash Andy's Girls, or slide into my DMs on Instagram at Dame Galley, or you can email me multi-page satchels, which I love to receive by emailing show at gmail.com. And again, new hour-long satchel spooktacular because it went up on Halloween. I have another one coming up soon with, I think, literally 20 satchels of gold. Um, That'll be up in the next couple days. So look for that soon. And thanks to everybody for being Patreon AGs and following me on social and listening to this podcast. This brand new cheater brand that I'm so thrilled (laughs) (laughs) to continue to do. Um, And thanks for listening, guys. Hope you're all doing well. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.